Welcome back to Read Into Something. We're about to start the season finale episode brought to you by the Stone County Library inside Alice's office at the Crane Branch. As always, I'm Alice, the branch manager. At my side is Winky, my mostly silent but intuitive co-host and the library mascot. You know what to do, Wink. (laughs) This year, we've been celebrating the 200th anniversary of Missouri as a state, but today we're celebrating something else. Read Into Something has entered its season finale, which means this podcast is about to turn one year old. We're recapping all the fun we had over the year and what goes into making Read Into Something. Grab your party noisemaker, your beverage of choice, your sense of nostalgia, and buckle in. There are various reasons for someone to start a podcast. They want to share their interest. They want to play amateur detective. So many crime podcasts. They have political opinions. They want to raise awareness for a cause. Sometimes your boss comes to you and says, Alice, you should do a podcast. It's possible this suggestion might give you some anxiety because you have no idea what you're doing. How does one even begin a podcast? Well, you probably start by listening to other podcasts to see what they're doing. I didn't. Instead, I looked up how to format a podcast. Turns out it's not too complex. Beginning, check. Middle, containing cohesive thoughts. Er, sort of check. Transition to ending, check. Ending, check. Turns out that's the easy part. Because now you need some kind of recording app. There are many, and there's so much to learn. We use Audacity and have from the start. It has so many options for doing stuff to sound. I'm never going to learn it all, and I'm probably missing out on some good stuff, but with a basic tutorial and some Googling, I learned to use what I needed right away. For giggles, throw in a theme song. The one you just heard 15 seconds of is our main theme song. A huge thank you to composer Robert John for the royalty-free version of his song Slinky. We found it on freemusicarchive.org. Out of the dozens of music samples I listened to, this one stood out, so Winky and I adopted it. The one thing I really didn't want to do with this podcast was start a subject, get distracted, and ramble for 10 minutes. Out of the many podcasts I've listened to, I can't stand rambling. Please stick to your subject. Some structure is required, which is also kind of a bad thing because I write my script word for word and follow it almost to a T, which of course makes it sound like I'm reading from a script, in case you couldn't tell. I can tell a huge difference when I'm reading from the script compared to when I've thrown out a random comment. In the live episode, he'll advise that I did on May 16th as part of the Podcasters Collective was scripted, but also because I filmed it, I didn't want to be staring at the screen the whole time. I did get rambly in it, and I knew I was doing it. It was not my finest piece of work, but it was fun. I had a whole lot of script left over when it was finished, though. I might have to do part two someday. Speaking of something that definitely wasn't my finest, how about the first episode? In the category of things I'd rather pretend didn't happen... Let the Ghoul Times roll was absolutely awful. I don't know why anyone would listen past that episode, because obviously the noob mangled it. I'm not proud of it. I didn't have a microphone, so I waited until it was super late at night and quiet in the house before I recorded. The computer mic still picked up a lot of background noise, like the refrigerator. I have gone back and tried to improve the sound using Level 8 or 2. It helped a little, The script wasn't exactly stellar either. It's a fun topic, and you know I love me some spooky stuff, but the delivery lacked finesse. 
I felt like I couldn't apologize enough for the first episode. I've considered re-recording the first four or five episodes. The sound for I Cranberrily Contain My Excitement for Thanksgiving is particularly bad, and I'll tell you why. I've waited all season to reveal this little secret. Remember the opening brought to you by the Stone County Library inside Alice's office? The only episode actually recorded in my office was the Thanksgiving one. Despite surrounding myself with things that would absorb extra noise, it came off badly. Even using some tricks with Audacity and pushing it through level 8 or 2 didn't improve anything. I recorded it at home, accidentally deleted all but 9 seconds of it, and had to re-record the day it was supposed to come out. How embarrassing. To be honest, the episodes that have been recorded in various places, mostly my bedroom, but we have a storage room at the library, which is where I film the live episode that works great too. It's filled with all kinds of stuff that absorbs noise. It also helps to have a decent microphone. I switch back and forth between a lavalier and a desk mic, depending on where I am. So the intro for season two may change a bit, and I know you're all excited. Probably one of the toughest elements of podcasting is getting over the sound of your own voice. Some people have nice voices meant for radio. I'm not one of them. I literally have a voice made for being quiet. It's extremely uncomfortable listening to yourself talk, realizing that you sound like an idiot, but didn't do a terrible job with recording and editing, so you're uploading it to your platform. I think I actually apologized one time when I posted a link to an episode. There are a few ways to change the pitch, and I try to utilize those when I can. It doesn't vastly improve anything, but at least to me, it makes listening to myself a little more tolerable. That said, here's a joke. How do you fix a broken iPod? With a podcast. Why, Alice, why do you keep telling us horrible jokes and playing that stupid rim shot after them? Hey, it could be worse. Remember the first few episodes where I swapped the rim shot with the laugh track? I got to where I couldn't stand the laughter and switched completely back to the drums. The reason for the horrible jokes is kind of a multi-purpose tool. I use them to fill a few seconds of airtime, and sometimes I use them to transition to other topics or to pull a segment together. I almost always try to tell a joke that's relatable to the subject, but sometimes I have a funny one I just have to insert. Like, why did the can crusher quit his job? Because it was so depressing. The rim shot, like the joke, is a space filler, but it also provides a transition to the next sentence. It was too awkward telling a joke and then having zero acknowledgement after that. I don't know who recorded the sound. I found it on freesound.org, but I've been having trouble logging into that site, so I've switched to a different one. The user who recorded it has been deleted, so he or she is a mystery, but thanks for your hard work. On average, it takes me around four or five hours to put enough information together to write a five to seven page script. A lot of research goes into the topics because I don't want to sound like an idiot. Or a bigger idiot. Whatever. I know of one mistake from the episode, Do Not Go Mental Into That Good Night. I said Rosemary Kennedy's lobotomy wasn't made public until the 80s. It happened in the 60s after her brother became president. The Kennedys put a lot of emphasis on researching mental health and disabilities. I've added a note in the summary acknowledging my error, but if anyone notices anything else, feel free to let me know and I will update the show notes. Saying that it takes four to five hours to write a script doesn't wrap up the production process. I've never recorded an episode in under an hour. I've heard that some podcast hosts rehearse their cast before they do the actual recording. I don't like to try to memorize anything I've written because I like the honest reaction I have while reading what I've written. 
depending on how far ahead I've written an episode, sometimes I forget the content. I know you can tell that I'm reading, but at the same time, I don't want to seem like I'm acting. Like many other hosts, I often forget where I'm going with the topic, or I forget what I'm saying completely. So I feel like if I rehearsed what I was doing, I'd miss out on some good recording. Sometimes I write sentences and they look good on paper, but saying them out loud is impossible. I have re-recorded and re-recorded so many sentences, and I actually have a couple of bloopers I want to share with you right now, so... This is from Fright Club. I believe it was part one. Whoever the murderer was in this case killed seven men and one man. In the episode, But of Corpse, I was talking about Belle Starr's murder and giving background information on her marriage to Jim Reed. Jim and company had murdered an Indian man. The way I phrased it, I couldn't get the sentence out. I recorded it probably half a dozen times and tripped up over it again and again. Sometimes I think of another way to say the sentence and rephrase the whole thing. It's the only way to get the job done. I have had one episode where I saved the outtakes, and it goes a little something like this. I realize this is less a book review than a formatting slash deep thinking slash pot roast. Uh. Another one is, I'm using frozen strawberries. I have no idea what it's going to do to the flavor of this dessert, but we'll find out if I can talk. If I'd saved all of the mess-ups, it probably would have been a long recording. Probably a funny one. There are some words and names that I'm always going to butcher. There's no help for them. All I can do is my best, which we all know sometimes isn't great. Even at its worst, it's still pretty fun. While I was trying to decide on topics, I came up with the crazy idea to do the weird recipes, and I found a slew of them on the internet. I would have loved to have done one every month, but I didn't want to overwhelm the podcast with my bad cooking skills. The Parmesan ice cream for A Cream Come True was the worst recipe I've tried to make so far. I had a feeling from the beginning that that one might not go right because the whole custard making part. I didn't know what I thought was going to happen if I cooked it too long, but I was not expecting lumps. I really meant it when I said there was no starting over. The ingredients I had were pretty much used up and there was no room for error. I honestly didn't think that not stirring it for two minutes was going to make a difference. It was crazy. I can't even remember why I came up with the idea to smooth it out using the blender, but it was a stroke of genius. Even with the teeny tiny egg particles floating in it, it didn't throw off the flavor. I was serious when I said if I worked in a restaurant and tried to serve that, I would definitely be fired. Thank goodness when kitchen disasters happen on podcasts, it's good for a laugh. My favorite recipe was for the mock apple pie, and luckily my first attempt came out pretty well, or I might have been discouraged. I'd still tweak the recipe a little by cutting back on the sugar and attempting to make a crust instead of the store-bought one. I don't recommend the store-bought one. It probably had room for improvement, but the fact is that it came out looking like a pie was pretty impressive. It's probably my greatest achievement this year. The dessert pasta would be the weirdest thing I made. Uh, Cheese ice cream is strange, but the whole texture of the dessert pasta was bizarre. You can have your cheesecake, and by itself, it would have been a fabulous cheesecake. Or you can have your pasta. With the absence of sugar, the roux would have made a great sauce with some cheese added into it. Separately, they weren't bad. Together, it made my brain confused. I'll keep an eye out for more wacky recipes, because I feel like horribly inept podcast chef is an important part of the podcast now. I might not don my chef hat regularly, but it's always going to be a blast when I do. On a note about naming the episodes, most people use titles that directly tell you what you're about to listen to. 
Me, I decided puns would be more fun than boring old titles. I mean, episode 2 did have a boring name in the beginning, but I couldn't live with it. It was staring me in the face, I didn't like it, so it got a redo. Besides the names, I also gave a lot of the cover art updates as the season progressed. I just wasn't happy changing the title and leaving the same picture on there. I wanted all of them to be unique. The logo I used was put together in Canva. The drawing of me and Winky was designed by a Fiverr user called Veladwiskuma. I have no idea. <laughs> She's an artist from Indonesia who does portraits. And when I first saw it, I was like, is that really what I look like? Then I decided not to worry about it. It's art. Who cares? I played around with it in Canva, and I settled on the ombre yellow and the blue background with the gold dash border. I didn't like the way the image was cut off at the bottom of the shoulders, but I didn't want to pay for a full price for a whole body. So I threw the image of a book over it and called it good. My favorite part of it is obviously Winky. She's my favorite part of everything. In the beginning, I put it on a background that looked like crumpled paper, but as we published more episodes, I got bored with it. After some looking, I went with the brick background because our library has this gorgeous old exposed brick wall in the meeting room. It's also brick on the outside, and really, the logo looks like it could have been painted outside on our wall. It felt like a really great fit. For the upcoming season, I had to change the background that's behind me and Winky because in Canva, the blue and yellow ombre they decided to change that for some reason, and I can no longer change the colors on the background of it. I think they started out as teal and orange or something. But anyway, I couldn't change it anymore, so we have a new actual background behind me and Winky again. As episode after episode came out, I wanted to start personalizing the cover art for each one a little bit. So if you look them up on our host site, anchor.fm, you'll see that a lot of the covers have different elements on them. My favorite is the Butt of Corpse episode cover art. The episode also has the best trailer. You can find it on the YouTube channel. It's chock full of killer puns. I do mean killer. I have this thing about hats. I really, really like them, and I wish bowler hats would come back into style because they're so sharp looking. Since we were discussing old-timey time murders, the cover art felt like it needed your host to be in bowler hats. I started to just throw a blood splatter across us, but that felt a little violent, we decided to be detectives instead. For the Fright Club episodes, I originally designed the cover with a hatchet in my head. Again, felt really violent. The crime scene tape was a better fit with the shadowy hand and the knife that appeared to be about to stab me. I thought, better me than Winky. It's a toss-up between which is the busiest cover. The Hill Advised one and Red, White, and Toodaloo are both really colorful and full of stuff to look at. And you might have noticed from this episode, I tried to put an element from every episode into this one. So I hope you guys enjoy the Easter eggs in there. I didn't get to talk about everything on the cover of Hill Advised, but it was about superstition. So it's fine that all that stuff's on there. The red, white, and Tootaloo one is super patriotic. Fun fact, it's actually against the law to wear clothing decorated with the American flag. But there's no one to enforce that law, so everyone does it. It's disrespectful. Sounds about right for American Attitude. And particularly for Winky, because Winky does what Winky wants. Not that she ever willingly wants to wear a hat. I kind of felt like I was cheating with the episodes I Am Smarticus and Goodfield's Hunting. Like, here's some random trivia. I'm too lazy to write a real script. And here's some stuff that happened last year that wasn't completely awful. In the end, though, when they were both finished, they weren't terrible episodes. I'm a sucker for trivia, so you might as well expect I'll have more of that in the future, which is why you're loaded with fun facts.
Maybe it's just me, but I felt like the Three Musketeers and Ernest movie review was an episode that left people going, Ugh, why? It wasn't because I couldn't think of anything else to do, I promise. I just wanted to do a movie that I knew was bound to be goofy, so I wanted to make fun of it. It was really one of the most fun episodes I recorded, probably because I stole 17 seconds of dialogue so I could slow down a character's voice. Once again, dear Summit Entertainment, we are providing a valuable critique of your 2011 movie. I did give it three and one half winky heads, primarily for the lovely hats. Please don't sue us. The saddest episode was, hands down, do not go mental into that good night. While I was researching the Rosemary Kennedy story, it went from tragic to heartbreaking. It's impossible to know exactly what was wrong with Rosemary, because at the time there wasn't really a way of diagnosing her. I mean, they called a lobotomy a miracle medical advance. Obviously, the mental health field wasn't a quarter of what it is today. Given that we still don't really understand the human brain, there wasn't a lot of hope for people like Rosemary back then. While I was reading Rosemary the Hidden Daughter by Kate Clifford Larson, almost every chapter was just sadder and sadder. It really broke my heart when her father took her to have the lobotomy done. Do I have a favorite episode? Well, no. I love all my children equally. Except the first one. And the fourth one. It's not their fault, though. It's mine. If I really had to pick, I would probably go with Fright Club Part 2 as one of my top favorites. Every murder story in the Fright Club episodes went from worst to worst. No matter what, I still love talking about the Bloody Benders. That episode wins simply because of the creepy murder family. Writing about murders like that is cringy, and I feel bad for the victims, especially if they're young. The hardest part about writing true crime for me is that I feel like I'm showcasing the awful thing these people did. And it might encourage other criminals to seek fame. All of the ones I've done so far are pretty far in the past, but I still don't condone murdering people. Please refrain from killing others. That said, I want to close out Season 1 with a huge thanks to everyone who listened over the past year. It has been a crazy, incredible journey, and I hope it gets better from here. I can tell you I've already been looking at exciting new topics because a good podcast host knows that the search for new material never ends. Here's to a great first season and a better second one. As you know, we'd love to have you leave a review or a rating on your favorite podcast platform. It means a lot to us. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to always check out the Stone County Library Facebook page. We have other social media for the podcast, twitter.com slash sclcpodcast, instagram.com slash sclcpodcast, facebook.com slash sclcpodcast, and our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash sclcvideos. Until next time, and next time is soon, don't worry, there's no huge gap, Alice and Winky out. Disclaimer, views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to Alice and not necessarily to her employer, community group, or other individual. Bonus fun fact. My husband asked why SCLC. That is because, if you listen closely, Stone County Library, Crane. You're welcome.